I know, I think we did it at the same I, time. I think we might have. I think we might have been in sync. Do you want to be JT or JC or Lance or Joey? I'm going to be Lance because Lance is the best one, clearly. Lance is living his best life, and I approve that message. Um, I dance like JT. Or I could be Chris because my friends don't call me back. <laughs> did, you ever see that? did you ever see that? I felt so bad. That was so sad. Um, no, this is this is crime culture. That's hey. Haley. The the one that you hear. That's, That's Haley. Me. And then I'm Caitlin. You What's hear up? me as well. Hopefully. Plot twist, yeah. Ellie. It's gonna be like Plot twist we didn't actually hit record. <laughs> yeah, I was like, can't hear any of you. Um but no, this is crime culture. We're what up? we're a podcast. Um Sure. I, I never know how to start these, if that helps. Um start it with what we're talking about today. Today, we are talking about Brenda and Erica Lafferty. Cool. I don't um, know this one. You, you so always you, tell me when I know something. You, you, so you probably know this one. Not You probably didn't know this one until relatively recently. Okay. Um, I definitely don't recognize the names. Yeah. So we got this as a request from one of our listeners, Camilla. Hi, Camilla. <gasps> Hi, Camilla. Um, and I am going to read. I got permission from her, if I remember correctly. I think she was um, my secret Satan last year, if I remember correctly. Oh, and we did just finish up Secret Satans. If you haven't received yours, well, let us know. Yes, but we, we just finished, sent them out. Yeah, we finished pairing everybody up. And I'm so excited for everybody yeah. to get um crafting or get uh shopping for their secret satan person and i'm very excited it's going to be a good time yeah um i don't see whether or not i got permission to share her story here so i'm not going to just out of respect camilla like if if i'm wrong just you know where to find us um but i i i she has a personal connection to this case um and basically i if i if i so i i don't know how i'm gonna explain this i'm just gonna get right into this okay Um, (laughs) so brenda lafferty was born brenda wright on july 19th 1960 in logan utah to loray hatch wright and dr james lewis wright an lds bishop um she was the second of a whole gaggle of children i could never find an exact number well, they're um, LDS, so... The, I believe there were six, but then others were like, there's eight. And I'm like, hey, if any of you are a f- right sibling, please just let me Shout know how many out. of you there are. Yes. Um, but so while James was in graduate school and Brenda was just learning to walk, the family up and moved to Ithaca, New York. And that's Larray, James, Brenda, and her older sister, Betty. And in fact, Brenda had to relearn how to walk when the family arrived in new york because she had spent so much time sitting in the car like she was that little wow yeah so after james how long were they in the car for i know it's a long drive i mean it took michael and i like five days to get from new jersey to connecticut or to california excuse me (laughs) what did you fucking we walked we walked yeah we had to take breaks um Stopped at every rest stop. Every Wawa. Um, (laughs) 
No. Um, it, it took us like five days, though. So, okay. I mean, I can see like babies, object permanence, right, et right. cetera, et cetera. But so after James completed his doctorate, the family moved to Twin Falls, Idaho, before eventually settling about six miles or about 10 kilometers east in Kimberly, Idaho. And the Wright family was very close knit, but Brenda, Betty and their younger sister, Bonnie, were especially close because of the age gap between the three of them and their younger siblings. And the sisters loved to go visit their grandparents' farm in Helmville, Montana, where Brenda would ride their horse, the beloved Happy. And happy the horse. Happy the horse. Apparently, he was super gentle and super sweet. He, well, he better be. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's probably glue now, but it sucks. Aww. But we love him. Um, but Brenda still shared a special bond with her younger siblings. She she really had a strong relationship with them as well. Uh, one of her younger sisters, Joanna Wright Henry, said, quote, Brenda and I always had a very different connection. She was like a mother figure to me. She used to carry me around on her hip, curl my hair and help me get dressed for church, end quote. Her, one of her other sisters, Sharon Wright Weeks, recalled to the Salt Lake City news outlet, the Desiree News, that Brenda was Deseret or Desiree? I think it's Desiree. All right. um, I'm sorry in advance that Brenda was compassionate and nurturing saying, quote, she was just very sweet and kind and loving to us, end quote. Uh, for example, once during primary class, which is kind of like the Latter-day Saints Church's uh, Sunday school, mm-hmm. Weeks stole $5 from her older sister Brenda's purse because she wanted to contribute to the, quote, pennies by the inch, end quote, drive, which was a charity for children's hospitals. Okay. And somebody returned the money to their mom, Lorraine, but... Brenda came out of her room, and when she learned about what happened, she didn't berate her or even really get upset with her sister. Um, Weeks said Brenda was just, quote, so proud of me for wanting to donate that money. She wasn't even angry with me for stealing. That was such a profound feeling of forgiveness that I got from her, end quote. And, like, not even that she just forgave her. Like, Brenda didn't even ask for the money back. She was like, oh, do you still want to donate it to charity? I'm so proud of you. Like, you can donate this $5 to charity. Mm-hmm. Now, she's in high school, so this is presumably, like, in the 70s Yeah, at this point. So $5 then, I obviously Carried I can't do an exact, yes, $5 is kind of, I, in my, like, general purview, is kind of closer to, like, if somebody took a, tw- if your sibling took a 20 out of your wallet, and also if your sibling took any money out of your wallet, like, yeah, right. my sister, Granted, she's younger, but she always has had that big sister energy, despite the fact that she is both younger and smaller. And she would have broken her foot off in my ass if I took any of her money. <laughs> <laughs> like, snapped the damn thing right off. And then you'd have to make her feel bad by saying you donated it to charity. No, she wouldn't have felt bad. Are you the kidding me? The no. charity of buying Chipotle for my stomach. Yeah. <laughs> the Haley needs Chipotle charity. I know yes. it well. Um, but yeah, so... Just as she was beloved at home, Brenda's beauty inside and out and just bright, warm personality attracted the attention of her peers as well as while going to this as well while going to school in the Kimberly, Idaho public school system. Uh, She was popular. She was the editor of the yearbook her senior year. She loved going to the movies and scrapbooking and singing and going on drives with her friends. And she also loved to read. Um, two of her favorite books were William Golding's Lord of the Flies and J.R.R. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings. Two lords. Two lords. Um, in fact, Henry, her sister, 
told the Desiree News that Brenda was actually the one who introduced her to Lord of the Rings, saying, quote, she could talk in Elvish, she could write in Elvish, she would have loved the Lord of the Rings movies, end quote. Mm -hmm. Like, this girl is the complete package. Yeah, it sounds like nothing ever bad happened, and this is the end of the episode. Yeah, that's exactly it. (laughs) We chose a light one, just a profile of a happy life. Yeah. Um, maybe I should have given a, uh, now that you say that, maybe I should have given a, um, content warning at the top of this, but as I said at the beginning, I never know how to start these. Um, if you have any issues with, um, child deaths or if you have any religious trauma, um, I, I hate to even say this. If you have issues with animals, (gasps) Yeah, it's it's minor. It's brief. I'll give you a heads up so you can skip it. It's but it's it's there. Um, yeah, this you may never not be the talk episode about for you. Animal ones. I don't like to talk about animal ones. This one snuck up on me. I didn't know that this was a thing. Oh no. Um, okay. I and I and then you, like you already know like you, this is I'm that bitch that can't watch the fucking Beethoven movies because I get too upset. Okay, like it's it's you know you know. Yeah. Like it's, uh, but yeah. So just you know, listener discretion is advised. Um, and also something I probably could have said at the top of the episode. For the majority of these people, I'm going to refer to them by their first names. Normally, I like to use their last names out of respect, but because most of them have the same last name, yeah, it doesn't really help you. It's yeah, yeah, it's not it's not helpful. So for Brenda's sisters, I'll be using their last names because many of them are married, um, and have changed their names. But yeah, so. So after graduating from high school in 1978, Brenda went on to pursue her dream of becoming a broadcast journalist. She first enrolled at the University of Idaho and at the College of Southern Idaho before ultimately transferring to Brigham Young University after like spending a year going to college. Mm -hmm. And at both schools, uh, at both University of Idaho and the College of Southern Idaho, she became involved with their theater, their theater programs. Um, Just another thing that she did and going in line with being on stage in 1980 she competed in the miss twin falls idaho pageant and sang somewhere over the rainbow for the talent portion oh yeah and she won she was named first runner-up like wow she yeah she placed high and she won a scholarship for college as a result that she was able to go to brigham young university because of it Wow, okay. Yeah, so while pursuing her degree, she landed a job as an anchor on a local daily news magazine show on BYU TV with Dale Cressman and Bob Waltz. And it was also while she was at BYU that Brenda met the man who would become her husband, Alan Lafferty, in 1981. Oh, all right. The two immediately hit it off. And when Brenda took Alan home to meet her family in Idaho, they loved him too, even when Alan accidentally lit a bush on fire on the 4th of July. Oh, well, you know, you get a little crazy with those fireworks. Exactly. It's fun. We, I mean, we've all been there. As I long think. as you're in an area where you're allowed to have fireworks and you're not, uh, I don't know, like starting a, a forest fire that's going <laughs> to decimate the entire West Coast. No, 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 no. Haley, Haley, Haley. No, that was a gender reveal. I know. <laughs> yep. Everybody remember when I, oh God. Um, yeah, so... Let's talk about Alan for a little bit. All right. So Alan was the youngest of eight children raised in a fam- by in a Utah family that belonged to the mainstream um, Latter-day Saints, Church of the Latter-day okay. Saints. The old um, school. The old school, so to speak. 
Um, his parents were Claudine and Watson Lafferty Sr. And while Brenda's family loved Alan, uh, his eldest brother, Ron, and his older bro- his other older brother, Dan, disapproved of their relationship. Um, oh. The, the Lafferty's were brought up as devout members of the Church of the Latter-day Saints, and they had pretty much nearly the opposite childhood of the Wrights, where the kids, the Wright kids, it was very idyllic. They're riding happy the horse, like they're, they're, they're having a grand old time. Yeah. Um, the Lafferty's, so Watson Lafferty Sr. was abusive. Um, oh. In fact, the Desiree News reported, all right, skip 15 seconds if you don't like animals. Uh, if you do like animals, if you don't like yes, if you don't, if you don't like animal violence, if you do like animals, if you don't like animals, get the fuck off my podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, according to the Desiree News, um, during an argument with Claudine, uh, Watson Lafferty Senior allegedly beat their dog to death with a baseball bat. Jesus Christ! Yeah, so that's the type of person that they were growing up being yeah. raised by. Uh, Watson Sr. also indoctrinated his children to distrust the government and modern medicine and to feel shame over any natural desires. Wow, um, he fit in so well with some of today's people. Exactly, yeah. Um, so Dan later told Salt Lake City Weekly in 2014 that as a devout Mormon child, he struggled with his sexuality, not his sexual orientation, but just his sexuality, mm-hmm. um, saying, quote, when I was young and going to church, I thought I couldn't I thought because I couldn't stop masturbating that I might be an evil person. And it tormented me so much that I contemplated castration as a way as a possible way to stop offending God. And Jesus Christ. Yeah. So despite the fact that Brenda was a practicing Mormon and the daughter of a bishop and people should love her. Yeah. Um, like these people should love her. Her She sounded like a fucking catch. She's a huge fucking catch because I didn't even really talk about because I don't like to for these sorts of things because it's only skin deep. She was gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, she was a beauty queen. So like, of course, but like. Yeah. But whole she was, fucking package. She's smart. She got a scholarship. She uh, was into like extracurriculars just a nice family yeah just whole package yeah whole package um so but despite all of this it's because she was spirited and she was independent and she was intelligent and that all made her practically a heathen especially in ron's eyes yeah she needed to be a fucking statue yeah well i mean because and that's not really a tenet of this of the Church of the Latter Day Saints, um, but we'll get into it. We'll get into it. He clearly um, doesn't respect women. Just wait. Um, so on April twenty second, nineteen eighty two, Brenda and Alan got married. So she's twenty one. This wow. is also the same weekend that she graduated from Brigham Young University. I can't imagine going through a graduation and a wedding in the same fucking weekend. And theoretically a move because you got to move out of the dorms. Yeah. Like, what is that? The three most stressful events in your life? Yeah. Even doing one of those things is just too much. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, she did it to save her family a trip to Utah. So she planned the wedding. I know. Saved them a trip to Utah. Oh, it's okay. I'll just plan around my, my wedding around this so that everyone comes in at the same time. Bing, bang, boom. She's a heathen. Two birds, one stone. That's how a heathen behaves, thinking about others like that shit. Oh, God. Anyway, so she planned the wedding for the day before. So it was like 
let's say Friday is my is my wedding ceremony. Saturday is my graduation ceremony. And then after the graduation ceremony, the next day is her reception. So she's just got it all booked. Oh, okay. All right. That's yeah. That's, so that's yeah. A crazy weekend. Right. And it was at this time that she also went through the first Latter-day Saint temple or when she first went through the Latter-day Saint temple, which was a big deal to her. She was very devout in her faith, in her faith. Um, with weeks, her sister later telling the Desiree News, quote, she loved the temple and she loved seeing her whole family together dressed in white, end quote, and that she used her faith to embrace and welcome everyone, saying, quote, it didn't matter who they were. Brenda welcomed and embraced everyone, end quote. Mm. After she got married, Brenda would go to the temple at least weekly while also still working as a news anchor at BYU. Wow. Like she she was very just committed to her faith. Um, but according to her mother, Lorraine, although Brent, so Brenda allegedly had some regrets after she got married, not because she packed her graduation and her wedding ceremony into one whole weekend, because those would be the regrets I would have. You couldn't just like graduate and like get your life started and then get married. Like you couldn't just like. Well, I mean, I mean, just stressing herself out. Like, I, I, I just like yeah. that's where I would like. I uh, like There's too not many placing any blame on her. Yeah, that's got to be very stressful. But no, um, apparently, just the marriage as a whole. Alan didn't want Brenda to work, and he told her to turn down a teaching job that she was offered at Brigham Young University. Um, and Brenda's older sister, Betty Wright McIntyre, later said of Alan, quote, we all liked him. He was like a wonderful big brother to us. At the time, we had no idea that there was all this other stuff going on in his family. Then we started to notice how fanatical they all were, end quote. Yeah, maybe maybe chill on the getting married until you really get to know the person. Yeah. Well, so let's talk about Dan okay. Lafferty. Alan's second oldest brother. So Dan was influenced by reading the 1842 pamphlet, The Peacemaker, timely. Um, And he began to share the righteousness of polygamy, which the mainstream Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saints in Utah disavowed. They disavowed it nearly a century before this. Yeah, it's the the FLDS that still... Like parts of the FLDS, I think. If you watch the the doc on um, Netflix, the Keep Sweet, Pray and Obey, um, that talks about that. The Warren Jeffs section of yes of uh, the FLDS. Yes, um, but like like you were saying, so some some church offshoots still practice it, and they consider themselves to be what are called fundamentalist Mormons, yes, which is what that, the F stands that, for. Yeah, that's F. what yes. the F is. Yeah. Um, that's what the F it is. But believing the mainstream church should have never abandoned polygamy, Dan began practicing the most extreme patriarchal version of their 150-year-old religion and would tell the four of his five brothers who were around, Alan, Tim, Mark, and Watson Jr., all about all this like bullshit he was picking up from the readings of these old Mormon texts. Yeah. Meanwhile, Ron, he was a youth leader. He was the first counselor to the bishop of their local congregation. He was like, I'm staying away from this mess. I yeah. want nothing to do with this. This is blasphemous. Yeah, it's old and outdated for a reason. Not yes. everything that is old should be 
taken as literal gospel constitution um but when ron's wife diana realized in like the mid 1982 era um so about the time like a little after brenda and alan got married and he's like you can't i don't want you working you can't take this job so she's realizing that all of her sisters-in-law are becoming increasingly unhappy because Alan and Tim and Mark and Watson Jr. are listening to Dan just going off and Dan's married too. Um, So she said to Ron, hey, like, why don't you just kind of talk to your brothers a little bit and tell them to cool it? So Dan later told author John Krakauer, who we'll talk about later, but his book heavily influenced this research. Uh, Dan told him, quote, Ron was embarrassed by me. He was a devout saint, and he said I was an embarrassment to the Mormon church. He told me there's no place in this church for extremes, end quote. Yeah, maybe there, maybe there isn't. I mean, maybe there isn't. But <laughs> after Ron went out to basically set his brothers straight, Diana told a friend that when he came back that evening, he was like a different person. One who seemed to want a servant instead of a wife. She did not know what Dan must have said to him to convince him to completely like he did a complete 180. Wow. And so, yeah, a friend of the brothers later told the United Press International that Ron and Dan had been, quote, moral and sensitive men who were active in their Mormon faith, end quote. But then they splintered off into a fundamentalist sect that espoused plural marriage. So soon, Dan stopped paying his taxes and almost lost their father's home to the government because, again, don't trust the government. That's what his father always taught him. Yeah. And even as their dad's diabetes started to turn deadly, (coughs) the family refused to accept conventional medical treatment for him. And then Ron and Dan are increasingly touting the merits of polygamy. Dan took on a second wife. Ron began to say that he wanted more wives, and that wasn't what alarmed Diana. What alarmed Diana was when he announced his intention to marry off their teenage daughters as plural wives. No, thank you, no, thank you, no, thank you. Yeah. Get your children out of there. Yes, though, unlike Dan, Ron later said that he never actually practiced polygamy. Big of him. Uh Um. But Ron had always been very conservative, even utilizing his time on the city council to help pass a ban of beer sales at Highland, Utah's only grocery store. Um, And we'll get into Highland. Highland Highland is relatively close by. Um, But he had since come to believe that the, quote, righteous laws, end quote, should rule the land according to a neighbor that was talking to the Salt Lake City Tribune. And the neighbor said, quote, he talked about standing up for what was right, no matter the consequences, end quote. So according to her friends, Diana tried to get the old Ron back. She tried to do everything she could to be like, what just happened to you? But the husband she knew and loved was gone. That's terrifying. Yeah. Like talk about like getting enmeshed in a cult. Like we talk about QAnon on here. Like this is that. Like, well, did you just hear the the most recent thing of um, uh, there was a, a Reddit thread of like QAnon tragedies? Like, yeah, it's terrible that that had to QAnon be QAnon casualties. I'm yeah, on it. and that <laughs> and that um, I think it was uh, a daughter uh, posted that her dad killed their entire family. Oh my god! I mean, I believe it, but like, like she was a that's she what it was drives at, them to. She was like at a friend's house or something. She's like, 
this like this was never us like this was never part of our lives our families and then all of a sudden um after all this stuff started happening um he just became a different person and he killed their entire family that's that's that literally just happened like a a week or so ago that's horrific yeah that is absolutely horrifying and the fact that it's like it just happens to anyone out of fucking nowhere and that you don't know how to like it's there it's not like like i mean ron was totally like this guy's a nut like what was said to him what is said to these this girl's dad like yeah. what is said to these people that gets them to change their mind like i'll never understand and the and, fact that you could be married to somebody for years and have children with them and like you're yeah like you think you know this person and then all of a sudden some ideology happens and you're like how the fuck did we get here yeah on a dime yeah um but yeah, so that's kind of where Diana is at this point. Like, how the fuck did we get here? And all of her sisters-in-law are just going along with it. All of them are like, oh, and yes, I will listen to my crazy person. <laughs> exactly. Well, she would have thought she was the crazy person if it wasn't for fucking Brenda, who would argue theology with the brothers. She was intelligent. She was assertive. She was progressive. She yeah. just completely defied their views that women should be subservient and submissive to their husbands and outraged and infuriated ron and dan yeah i bet um so they're already like not big fans of brenda (laughs) then brenda got pregnant Mm. so on april 28th 1983 brenda gave birth to a beautiful baby girl named erica lane lafferty and brenda was over the moon she loved erica she loved being a mother So she made the decision to stay home with her with plans to return to work after her children grew up. She was very much like, I'm not doing this because my husband told me to stop working. I'm doing this because I love this baby. I can't imagine spending a single minute away from her at this point. But I go back when I want. And when I want is when these kids are in school. I'm going to go back to work. It's not going to be a big deal. Yeah, but let's see what happens when when they Mm. get to that stage. Yeah. Um not to spoil it. I really wish that they got to that stage. Yeah, I uh, I I surmise that from the title of the episode of what <laughs> is probably going to happen. Yeah. Um so Brenda's family loved Erica fiercely just as much as they loved Brenda. Um Brenda's dad James actually later told the Desiree News that one of his fondest memories was the first time he gave Erica ice cream and he even had to stir it up to make it soft so that she could eat it but mm-hmm. she had never had ice cream like for the first imagine like, I, i've seen videos and stuff like that of like giving a kid something for the first time and like seeing their face like change and everything up. yeah my mom says one of her favorite memories of like me and my sister as kids was the first time she gave us jello oh my god just uh. like putting it on the tray and like having us see it move and yeah. like squish it in our hands and everything and like <laughs> She's like that's that, she's like that is like the thing I need to be there for with your children. Like I need to give them jello for the first time. <laughs> Cut to Lisa giving Bean jello. Um <laughs> I don't think he'd like it. I don't think he'd like it. But I mean, I don't know. If she made like a cuz if anybody can make it it's Lisa. If she made like one like of those a, like fish gelatin things. I was, that's what I was going to say like how how like the turkey fat gets like ew, jello jelloy thanksgiving for bean thanksgiving for bean i don't like to think um, of it i love to think of it and now i know what i'm gonna do for beanie's birthday 
um which is uh um, coming up this thursday I yes yes yeah. it's coming very soon or oh, wednesday baby i know i know my nephew's birthday mm-hmm. um make no mistake but unfortunately so yeah so happy in that erica was born but other than that 1983 was not a happy year for everybody else uh ron and dan's religious fervor began to go to the extremes resulting in their excommunication from the church of the latter-day saints that's not good and the brothers then joined a renegade polygamist cult called the school of prophets which taught that the primary latter-day saints church had violated the church the religion's founding tenets by banning plural marriage and allowing black converts also ron and dan yes ron and dan began changing up their look and ron left behind his typical clean cut clean shaven look for an uncharacteristically like just like shoulder length like long hair and like a long beard he kind of looked like charlie manson in terms of like not or, in terms of the crazy eyes but like or that guy the long that, hair and the long that guy beard that abducted that. elizabeth smart no not he, that long not that long oh okay yeah not that long um but but same vibe same not doing all right vibe yeah but unable to find another way out diana felt that she had no choice but to officially file for divorce from her husband of 16 and a half years wow and that was finalized in 1983 good she got out got the Following kids out their hopefully split, she packed up moved back home to her home state of florida right after christmas and took all six of their kids with her thank god yep so ron blamed brenda for his divorce convinced that she had influenced diana to leave him mm-hmm. and for years he was like i did everything right he i i he was like i served at a church mission in florida i met a nice woman i came back to utah we got married we had children i got a job i did everything that i was supposed to do i served on voluntary councils for my congregation for the community he's in his eyes he he did everything. i am owed i am owed this family because of all of the stuff that i did is well, what it sounds like not even just that that brenda just came along then and ruined everything everything was going great till brenda came along yeah i'm sure everything was it's going not fucking, fucking brenda's fault um weeks later said that diane like weeks as in like diana's or not diana's brenda's sister weeks yes. later said that diana quote really loved brenda because all of the other brothers had wives that they treated like second class citizens brenda ended up giving diana the courage she needed to leave Afterward, he became really fanatical and almost a religious zealot, end quote. Mm. Dan, in particular, worked to bring his brothers into this breakaway sect, the School of Prophets, and he encouraged John to, or John, he encouraged Ron to quit his job and to just fully devote his life to this group, whose mission was to teach followers how to receive and interpret messages directly from God. Mm-hmm. So, but but um, Brenda's husband is not doing he, all this. He is he is not a part of it. Okay, Dan really was only able to He's strongly Alan? influence Alan. Alan okay. Lafferty is Brenda's husband. Um, he's really just gotten his hooks into Ron. Um, or rather the cult has gotten its hooks into ron at this point and after diana left ron fully immersed himself in fundamentalist doctrine and became increasingly convinced that he had a higher calling to be a prophet and because she was 
you know, living on this fucking plane, Brenda allegedly refused to accept that Ron was a prophet, which infuriated Ron and Dan. And neither brother was also particularly happy that she was barring Alan, the youngest of the six Lafferty brothers, from joining their new cult either. Did Alan want to or (laughs) I don't know if this was a case of my wife won't left me or mute the phone and say, hey, honey, can you say no? Sorry, my wife. Yeah, so I need. Yeah, I need an excuse to get out of this. So in February 1984, um, Ron received what he insisted was the, the first of 20 quote unquote revelations directly from God. Dude, you're not a fucking prophet. You're some fucking guy mm-hmm. I, who just, needs to shave, like probably needs to shower. Dude, like just go to work and just be get a job. A, be a dude for a little yes, bit. Yes, be like, a just, guy. Just the guy being a dude. That's just all we a guy need. being a dude. Just See, a dude being a guy. We just need that for everybody in this country. Just go be. Go be. Where's Don't, that amendment? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. The fourth um, amendment is now go be. Yeah. Just <laughs> stop bothering people (laughs) go away um yeah so you'll never guess what these revelations said i'm gonna guess they were to murder somebody um funnily enough they told him to kill brenda because of her resistance to his fundamentalist belief in polygamy and her agreement with diana's decision to leave him well doesn't that just work out with what he already wanted to do right and then what more this this belief, I mean, these, excuse me, no, not a belief, a revelation, told him to kill Erica, too, because court documents later said he, or quote, he believed would grow up to be just as despicable as her mother, end quote. That's, uh... Too fucking far, bud. Yeah, and how old is this baby? Um... This is in February 1984, so she is under a year. Um, yeah, she's a real fucking threat. Like 10 months-ish, 10 to 11 yeah. months. Um, You know, they're, they're, I've seen Boss Baby. I know what they're capable of. Mm-hmm. He is right on the money. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so then he gets another revelation in late March. Um, and per his notes, he had these little like handwritten notes. Um this revelation he claimed to receive told him that several people, including Brenda and Erica, had, quote, become obstacles in my path, end quote. And I want it on the record here that my is spelled with a capital M like he's fucking Oprah. Like, absolutely not. This guy is he's in too deep, going way too close to the sun. But yeah, so they became obstacles in his path, the prophet, mm-hmm. and that therefore they must be, quote, removed in rapid succession that an example be made of them, end quote. Jesus Christ. In his journals, which were later presented as evidence at trial, Ron later detailed his, quote, revelation, end quote, to kill Brenda um, and Erica, along with two other, quote, removal, end quote, targets, Richard Stowe a church leader who presided over Ron's excommunication and another church leader, Chloe Lowe or Lau, I'm not entirely positive, um, who counseled Diana Lafferty during her divorce. Mm. So he allegedly shared 
other revelations with Dan to help get him on board. In one, Ron said that he was the, quote, mouth of God, end quote, and that Dan was the, quote, arm of God, end quote, which they interpreted to mean that this is a prophecy saying that Dan was the one who was supposed to do the actual killing and Ron was supposed to just oversee. Funny how, how that happens. Yeah, how convenient. Yeah, like, oh my God, you know, God told me this and he know, told me that I say, didn't have to do it. God thinks of fucking everything, doesn't he? Wow. God makes it really convenient for you to just remove blame from yourself. Further proof that God isn't a woman because what woman could possibly think of something like that? Pfft, not me. But yeah, so anyway, in another revelation, Ron said that God had likened Dan to the Book of Mormon figure Nephi, Nephi, N-E-P-H-I, who, according to the scripture, quote, slayeth the wicked to bring forth God's righteous purposes, end quote. Hmm. Ultimately, Weeks later said, quote, Dan went along with it. He wondered why he wasn't getting revelations, end quote. Another factor for him going along with it, she said, was that, quote, Dan also felt so guilty for his part in Ron losing his wife and job, end quote. Yeah, no shit. It's it's Dan's fucking fault. Yeah. Dan got him into this cult. It's not Brenda. So Ron also showed several members of the School of Prophets a written, quote, removal revelation, end quote, that allegedly called for the murder of Brenda and her baby and said that Brenda and Erica needed to be, quote, removed, end quote, so that as God had explained to him personally, quote, my work might go forward, end quote. Uh huh. Some members of the cult renounced it, but nobody took any action. That's absolutely wild. Yep. And after other members failed to honor Ron's removal revelation, the brothers quit the School of Prophets. Can you imagine being so crazy that the cult is like, "Mm, you better back the fuck up. So you're like, okay, I got to go. Yeah. Like, babies, mental health is important. You need to you need to seek it for yourself. You need to seek it for your family and your friends. Like, this is this is some deep ass shit, dude. Um, so Ron also told several family members about the quote revelations, including their mother, Claudine, who's just a piece of fucking work and Alan, who reacted with skepticism. Dan asked what Alan thought of the so-called revelation and to kill his his wife and child. Yes. And his younger brother shockingly said that he'd defend his wife and child at all costs. I don't know why he would say that. This is God's Why don't you just be like. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I hear that. I hear that as you're fucking packing your house and like putting gas in the car. Right. Right. This guy's a fucking whack job. Yup. So even but even so. So Alan later testified in court, quote, I told him that God had made no such revelation to me and I would protect them with my life. End quote. Yeah. Good, 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 good. However... neglected to tell brenda about ron's quote-unquote vision or his both of his brothers clearly very serious threats to kill her and their baby brenda completely in the dark when do you bring that up just at dinner like oh you know i saw dan and ron today and they were talking (laughs) about you what did they say they said you and our baby needed to fucking go yeah 
go where? Disneyland? Uh, yeah, Belize. Belize? That's unbelievable. <laughs> God damn it. I mean, I feel like Brenda had a right to know. Yeah, is all uh, I'm you saying. think? Like, like, I think that he should have. Yes, it's not a comfortable conversation to have, especially when it's like, hey, my family wants to kill you. But it's a conversation that needs to be had. If anyone has a prophecy about me, I would like to know. I have Good prophecy. or bad. It's that you cute. but yeah no he didn't fucking tell her and i'm 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 pissed i can only imagine how like her family feels because mcintyre her older sister later said quote if he had told brenda about ron's revelation she would have been out of there in a minute and he and she'd still be alive today well brenda didn't know anything about it end quote was could that be a reason why he didn't tell her because he knew that she would be she would leave him I can totally see that. And you want to know something? It wouldn't even like if she wants to leave, go with her. Like, I'm not saying like if she wants to leave, you yeah, don't go with her. But if she wants to get the fuck out of there, then get the fuck out of there. Yeah. Is, who's more important to you at this point? Yeah. So after leaving the School of Prophets and the LDS Church for good, Ron and Dan took off on a road trip around West, the Western U.S. and also a bit of Canada, a touch of Canada. Um that mostly in May and mostly together, but they would split up at times. Um, while they while he was doing construction work in Wichita, Kansas, Dan met a drifter named Richard Ricky Knapp. Then Ron joined them and the three men drove to Oregon's Willamette Valley, where Dan met his third wife, Laureen Grant. Mm. So they get married. And while Dan is getting settled in with his new bride and half of her four children, Ron nap and laureen's the the other half of laureen's kids her two kids they meet another drifter named charles or chip carnes near sacramento california i'm all for like talking to people as you travel but don't start like picking up drifters no Mm -mm. not cool Mm -mm. like don't give anyone some identifying information about yourself talk to them at a bar and then be gone and you're with children yeah dude but yeah, so back to Brenda. So one of the last letters that Brenda wrote was to her sister Joanna on July 11th, 1984. And she told the Desiree News that Brenda had found a poem and written it out for her, saying, quote, she never missed a birthday card. She was always very loving, end quote. That's all everybody says about her, just how loving yeah. she is. And it's yeah. it's palpable. Um, and then McIntyre, Brenda's older sister, saw Brenda for the last time on july 19th uh she was babysitting for erica while alan and her sister went on a date to celebrate brenda's 24th birthday and mcintyre was excited about her own upcoming wedding and so when they came back she quote wanted to talk about wedding stuff end quote Uh, however she said that when they came in quote but when they got home from dinner it was obvious she and alan had had a fight i could tell she had been crying end quote mm. and so that was the last that she saw the last time she saw brenda and the last that she saw them together that's the last okay. that she saw of the two of them yeah so after a week of what i'm sure was marital bliss laureen shockingly wants a divorce from dan yeah you yeah. you took two of my children where um to see drifters exactly so dan took the opportunity 
to visit his second wife, Anne Randack, and then his first wife, Matilda, and their children. Do they know about each other? I'm assuming so. I don't I don't know for sure. Um, But silly me, I did not want to really look into him more than I had to. Same with Ron. I was like, I'm not giving them anything. Um, But yeah, so then the four men, so Dan and Ron and then Knapp and Carnes all reunite at Ron and Dan's mother Claudine's home in Provo, Utah, where on July 23rd, 1984, they were talking about making a drive to Salt Lake City the following day to watch the Pioneer Day Parade, when at some point Ron got it into his head that July 24th was not going to be Pioneer Parade trip day, Mm -hmm. uh, but that it would actually be, quote unquote, the day. Mm-hmm. in caps yeah Carnes later testified quote ron was discussing things from the bible he was talking about a revelation that he had received in that revelation he claimed he, that he was told that he had to eliminate some people i heard the name brenda mentioned once and i heard something about a baby mentioned once end quote ron spoke of quote eliminating and quote four people brenda and erica and stowe and Lao low mm-hmm. um but the only reason why i wonder if it's Lao is just because i can't imagine that their names have to, like if their names rhyme it's this just dude too, is, too much it, yes yeah so according to karns's testimony dan questioned ron's insistence that they needed to slit everybody's throats all four of the people's throats wondering one if, of them being a baby one of them the being a, their their niece yep um and he wondered if they couldn't just shoot him can't we just you know can't we just forget the whole ordeal that's what i'm kind of wondering like i think that like you're burying the lead here a bit dan so Carnes later testified quote ron replied that it was the lord's command that their throats be slashed end quote after finding out during the trial that claudine had been sitting right there listening to her son's plot her sister's murder mcintyre later said how could some quote how could someone hear what they were planning and not do anything to warn brenda i just can't understand it end quote yeah so yeah claudine's a real fucking piece of work and i mean i don't know what her status is currently but i'm sure she and queen will be bunking at some point queen did i just say queen not that queen the queen Mm -hmm. not freddie mercury all of them they're good they're safe they're upstairs but like Lil Elizabeth and Claudine, they're going to be roomies in a few. But yeah, so Claudine still, she did nothing. And on the morning of July 24th, Ron, Dan, Knapp, and Carnes got up, loaded several guns, including a sawed-off shotgun and a deer rifle, into Ron's Chevrolet Impala. And then they were off and went to first ron and dan's brother mark lafferty's house to pick up a 20 gauge shotgun that dan had loaned him because you know they're not packing enough heat yeah and ron said that the men were going hunting and when mark asked for what he allegedly replied quote any fucking thing that gets in my way end quote yeah that's when you'd be like you want to come in for like a little bit like a like a tea or something yeah that's explained to me what is happening in your life right now that you need to say shit like that yeah well and they've been on a road trip for months don't forget like he hasn't seen him none of them have yes so Carnes later testified that he had told ron that day that he didn't think there was any need to kill a baby Um, yeah call him crazy but 
I would he agree with see, that. He doesn't see a need for that. But Ron told him that Erica was, quote, a child of perdition, end quote, and that once she didn't have a mother anymore, it would be a blessing to take her life to. Wow. Yeah. I think that about sums it up. All right. Meanwhile, again, like I said, Mark hadn't seen his brothers in like three months. Alan hadn't seen either of his brothers in three months. And he later told United Press International, quote, they are so different now. It's like they are possessed or something. I knew they were here in town and that their disposition had changed radically. But I couldn't anticipate anything like this happening. End quote. Yeah. Again, they told you they wanted to kill your wife and child. I don't know how you can't anticipate that happening. Yeah, they like, say this and they dip, and now they're back, and you think they've forgotten. Yeah, and you think, and you know they've gotten worse, so you think that's just like left their brain. And Dan you know had a whole wife, like yeah. If you think like if you, religion works for you and and you're happy with it, then more power to you. But I am not a religious person. I think more violence has been done in the name of religion than anything else. <laughs> so it's just it just boggles my mind that this all started from like a religion that seemingly just wants like i i think all religions just want love and uh what it should want that's and, what they should want yeah and something in mostly it's like something in the afterlife like right yeah. that's that's kind of what religion is so that you have something waiting for you theoretically after you die right isn't that kind of the deal yeah i mean uh, isn't the that way, the whole reason to be a good person now is so that you reap all the benefits when you're dead i i that's how i understood it i i i am a recovering catholic as we've talked about but i had a religion teacher who this still sticks with me because like i'm that i'm one of those bitches that's like munching on her granola and her birkenstocks going i'm spiritual not religious um but I had a teacher who once said, and it's always stuck with me. She was like, if there isn't something to believe in, life would be just one sick joke with all of the terrible things that happen in it. And that is my biggest. And I, and I also have friends who are atheists who they say that's specifically why they don't believe in anything um, is because if there's a higher power out there that would let sick shit happen, yeah then that's fucked but regardless i mean that's always kind of stuck with me and i i think it's that it's whether whether there's any truth to it or not i think religion helps people cope but i i think that it also can be definitely used as a weapon for just committing atrocity getting what you want and committing atrocities because you've got no other way like i mean look at the policing of our bodies and how we are to- we are in the people are actively trying to take away the rights of what people can and cannot do with their bodies that's not it's not hurting anybody but that yeah. it's just something that they don't like and they don't believe in and they're using religion as a shield yeah. i mean it's 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 a double edged sword it really is and in this case it's just it's I mean, not to spoil it, but I mean, if you're here, you know what's happening. It's going to be lethal. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So after leaving Mark's house, the four men went to a nearby gravel quarry to do some target practice. But then Ron found that he was missing his .243 caliber rifle. Again, 
they don't have enough guns, I guess. And didn't they say that they had to slit their throats? Wasn't that? That's what I'm saying. Dan literally asked, why can't we just shoot him? And Ron was like, no, it's like, I don't, I can't keep it's up. It's gotta be this, but also I'm not doing it. I Because God up. told me I didn't have to do it and you have to do it. It's like trying to wrangle squirrels. You simply can't do it. So they went back to Mark's house to go look for this rifle. And Mark said to them, oh, I think Alan has it. Mm-hmm. So then they're off. And at about 1.30 p.m., the men arrived at Brenda and Alan's home in American Fork, Utah. Uh, some sources said it was a house. Some said it was an apartment. I'm not entirely sure. Whatever which, their living situation I, is. Yeah. Yeah. But regardless, they go to the door. Nobody answered. So Ron had the sawed off piece of shotgun like Dan's shotgun, like hidden up his right sleeve. And then he had a 10 inch boning knife tucked into his left boot. And Dan later told Krakauer, that author, that he had been praying to God for a signal if killing Brenda and Erica was wrong, was not in fact what Ron was supposed to do. Yeah. And when nobody came to the door, he said, quote, I had a real happy feeling then because I thought the whole thing had just been a test of faith. Like when God tested Abraham and Ron had just passed the test, end quote. For mm. those who were not raised in any Abrahamic religions, God asked Abraham to kill his son Isaac as a sacrifice mm. um, to prove his love. And literally, like, as Abraham is bringing down that fucking knife, God goes, JK, 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 you've proven it. You don't, don't kill your kid. Please do not kill your kid. Fucking God is a fucking testy ass bitch. And that is why I believe God is a woman. She would never. Um, <laughs> but no, so, 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 um, the group of men, they leave, but Dan's sitting there and he's like, oh yeah, I, I like, it was a test and we passed and blah, blah, blah. So they, they dip. So then why is it that Dan is the one who turns the car around when they are just over a block away and they drive back to Brenda and Alan's place and later explaining at the time that he thought, quote, maybe I'm going back because I'll be the one who is supposed to take care of this business for the Lord. I wasn't sure, but I had a real comfortable feeling about what I was doing, end quote. Like this guy, like, yeah, I, like, I just, I, I don't know. A fucking guy, you, I tell you. At that point, it's like you just wanted to do it. Yeah. So, well, and it's funny you say that because like, listen to this shit. So Dan went to the door alone. And this time, Brenda answered literally just like she must have just I'm assuming she must have just gotten home like, yeah, like that they missed her or she got out of the bathroom or something. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like they had missed her and they couldn't leave well enough alone. Yeah. So she answers. He asks if this missing rifle is there. She says it's not. Then he says, OK, can I use the phone? She says, no. Can I come in? She refuses to let him in. Good. so and again she doesn't know that he wants to kill her and she yeah. so she's like i don't trust your ass good girl so unfortunately dan forced his way in um he just he later recalled brenda saying quote i knew you were going to do something that nobody could stop end quote and he said that her comment was quote rather prophetic end quote mm. And when Brenda started apologizing for interfering in family business, he said, quote, then I thought to myself, you are a bitch. And I felt impressed to wrestle her to the ground, end quote. What a fucking twat. Yeah. So after the door, he slams the door shut behind them. After that, Carnes 
is in the, the getaway car with Ron and Knapp. Mm-hmm. And he later testified, quote, I heard what sounded like somebody hitting the floor and then I heard a vase break, end quote. So what happened was Dan, what, what was pieced together that happened is Dan tackled her to the ground mm-hmm. and just like had her pinned and she fought like hell. Yeah. Um. So after hearing, hearing all the commotion, Knapp eventually told Ron, quote, maybe you ought to go help, end quote. And so Ron made his way inside too, after which Carnes said Yeah, Mr. He, fucking Prophet, get in exactly, there. Exactly, exactly. Um, so Carnes said that when Ron came in, he heard Brenda say, quote, I knew it was going to come to this, end quote. Mm. Ron called Brenda a bitch and a liar. And then Carnes said he heard Brenda screaming, quote, don't hurt my baby. Please don't hurt my baby, end mm. quote. Um. I would, if you are sensitive to violence, I would skip a couple minutes. Yeah. If you hear me talking about eight o'clock, mm, I would skip even further. <laughs> I'd skip a couple minutes. Um, yeah. <sighs> wish I could skip a couple minutes, but say lovey. Um, <sighs> so. Karn said Ron continued to berate Brenda and, quote, he just kept on beating her. You could hear a beating going on. And then I heard a baby crying, mommy, mommy, mommy. And then after that, everything just kind of got quiet, end quote. After struggling against the two men and attempting to get away, Brenda fainted. And Dan tied a cord from a vacuum cleaner around her neck, to subdue her so he could kill Erica first. Hmm. According to Dan, blood was all over the walls from from Ron hitting Brenda's face over and over and over again until she eventually lost consciousness. Mm -hmm. Later saying, quote, unlike my older brother, I didn't really have bad feelings toward Brenda or Erica. I was just doing God's will, end quote. I would like to scroll back a little bit when he says... Quote, then I thought to myself, you are a bitch. And I felt impressed to wrestle her to the ground. End quote. Yeah. What is it? Which is the truth, Dan? Please, uh, yeah, please. Fuck this guy. Please. So then Dan walked down the hall um, and and killed Erica in her crib, saying, quote, I closed my eyes so I didn't see what I was doing. I didn't hear anything. I'm pretty sure she didn't suffer. End quote. You're pretty sure, Ben, you you needed to do this, but also you couldn't bear to see what you had done. Exactly. You're a fucking coward if you can't watch. If you're going to take a life, you're going to fucking watch. Yeah. Like, no matter what it is, if you if you decide to go hunting, if you decide to, to do anything, if you're going to take any life, you have to watch yourself do it. You are doing it like yeah. like you don't you get be, you don't get that luxury. Yeah. You have to be an active participant in it. Yes. So. At his trial, Dan also said he, quote, didn't feel anything, end quote, as he cleaned her blood off the butcher's knife he used to kill her. Yeah, you're a sociopath. Until he saw the crime photos, he wasn't even sure of what he had done to her. So Dan then walked back into the kitchen, straddled Brenda, and again closed his eyes like the fucking coward he is, quote, so I didn't actually see anything, end quote. Oh, so reading, it's like you didn't even do it. That's what I'm, well, and read, though reading that now, I wonder if that also could have been his, like, stupid ass attempt to, like, 
oh well, I didn't see I didn't see what I did. So can I, can we prove that I did it? Yeah, like, that's you know what I mean. Wild. Like, could that be? I don't know. But yeah, so then um, he slit her rope, her her throat using the same weapon he used to kill her daughter. But he could still hear the sound. He couldn't see what he did, but he could still hear the sound of blade on bone. And honestly, I hope he hears nothing but that sound for the rest of his miserable life. Yeah. Brenda and Erica Lafferty died on the afternoon of July 24th, 1984, at the ages of 24 and 15 months old, respectively. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I, yeah. After getting through this whole story, this whole like ordeal, I still don't know what story this is. You'll get to it, baby. Okay. <laughs> so Ron and Dan then left through the back of the apartment, covered in blood, with Ron seeming shaken up at first before he regained his composure quickly and said that their next stop would be Chloe Lowe's home, about four miles or about six kilometers away in Highland, Utah. On the way, Knapp asked what happened with Brenda, and Dan... What do you fucking think? Oh, well, I mean, he didn't have to think, because Dan described in detail how he murdered her and Erica. Even though he didn't see it, and he didn't even know what he had done. Yeah. Wow. So, Carnes, Carnes later testified, however, that Ron was the one who told them in great detail how he killed Brenda, and then he thanked Dan for, quote doing the baby because i don't think i had it in me end quote what a fucking piece of shit dan later told crack hour he pointed out that he had no reason to lie but that the part about ron thanking him was true but that the rest of karns's version was wrong i'm like why are you fighting over who who committed such atrocities like yeah. why is that like why do you need for there to be that correction in there it doesn't fucking matter you're both fucking despicable like it's it's i can't yeah so when the men arrived at lowe's home she wasn't home so they set out for richard stowe's place next but they missed a turn and Carnes then allegedly called it a sign and persuaded ron to wait until the next day or not even the next day but just like another day he's like let's wait to kill stowe let's just yeah let's just two is enough for today take a fucking shower and regroup maybe yeah so that night the four checked into a motel but Carnes and knapp waited until ron and dan fell asleep and then they took off in ron's impala and then ron and dan fled the state wow so at about eight o'clock that night alan returned home from work to find their home in disarray before discovering Brenda's body lying in a pool of blood in the kitchen. The phone cord had been ripped out of the wall, so he went to the bedroom to call 911 from there, and on his way to their bedroom, he had to pass Erica's room. Oh my God. At which point he saw her body propped up against her crib and all of the blankets in her crib covered in blood. Just crimson. That's literally like... A nightmare that is nothing else happens for you (laughs) like yeah that's all you see for your entire life that is mind-numbing yeah like i i can't even imagine that that's like i can't well and then so he gets to the bedroom the bedroom phone wasn't working either so he had to go to a neighbor's to call the police before he came back and how do you articulate anything right like i don't know 
And as he later tearfully testified in court, quote, I went over to Brenda and I prayed. And then as I stood, I surveyed the situation a little more and realized that there had been a grim struggle, end quote. Yeah. Figuring that he was the one who had murdered his wife and child, because as we all know, it's usually the husband who did it. Yeah, yeah. The American Fork, Utah Police Department brought Allen to the station for questioning. But he had been gone all day setting tile at a construction site 80 miles or nearly 130 kilometers away. Like he had a, a stone cold alibi. Um, he's still said, like so sad that he had to go through that. Oh, I understand absolutely. that he needs to be questioned. But yes. Ugh. Yes. Horrific. Um, but he did tell them that he had last spoken to Brenda on his lunch break and that he could hear Erica chattering her baby talk over the phone. He mm. got to speak to both of them before they died. Um. And then he told the police in no uncertain terms that it was his brothers and that they need to be looking for them. Yeah. So with that, the manhunt for then 42-year-old Ron began because he was like, Ron, definitely. I don't know about Dan. Ron, definitely. So the day after the killings, before they had even found him, authorities discovered Ron's written, quote-unquote, revelation concerning brenda and erica and he was charged with first degree murder as was dan on july 27th and when discussing the charges against ron agent terry knowles from the fbi's salt lake city office told reporters quote we have no direction or focus right now as to where he might be i've got a hunch this is not going to be the kind of case where someone simply pulls him over and picks him up end Mm -hmm. quote investigators also shared that from what they'd gathered so far from interviews with friends and family that Ron had claimed to have received word from God that he needed to kill his enemies responsible for his excommunication and the list of names he wrote down included Brenda and Erica. So Mm -hmm. they were also like, he may still be coming for Richard Stowe and Chloe Lowe. Yeah. Wow. Um, So former American Fork Police Department Chief Terry Fox, who was serving as a detective on the then 10 person police force in 1984. Hmm. They, like it's like Fargo where they're just not equipped for this. Yeah. Um, he, he and also at this same time he had an 18 month old daughter. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that you get that real personal connection. Right. He later told Salt Lake City's KSL TV in 2019, "quote I've seen a lot of death in my career. This one was different in the case that it was religiously motivated. You can use the word brutal, horrific." And I just don't throw those out lightly because this was a really, really brutal murder. It was different from a lot of crime scenes in a lot of ways, end quote. Mm -hmm. So after Ron's Impala was spotted in Carnes' dad's driveway, police arrested Carnes and Knapp on July 30th. But the brothers were not there. They were nowhere to be found. Mm -hmm. So Knapp and Carnes were threatened with capital murder charges, at which point they so selflessly agreed to help the authorities and told them everything that they knew so eventually investigators tracked dan and ron down in reno nevada nevada where they were arrested michael recently roasted me for not being able to say nevada right so i'm trying to say it correctly i'm sorry to feel the like, nevadians who i feel I like now okay yeah i feel like now that you say it i don't know if i say nevada or nevada yeah it's apparently I nevada. nevada i think i, say I, I used to say nevada Fuck Michael it. was like, that's your shit. Connecticut in you. I'm like, bitch. Whatever. <laughs> you wish. You wish you had Connecticut in you. Megan will break her foot off in your ass, too. She doesn't care. Um, then you really will have Connecticut in you. Mm. Um, but yeah, so they tracked Dan and Ron down to Reno 
where they were arrested while they were in line for the buffet at the Circus Circus Hotel and Casino on August 7th. But also, like, what a fucking, like, in line for the buffet. These two dumb motherfuckers. Yeah, right. Really being inconspicuous there. But but what about my, but, but what about my, fuck off. So what soon became clear was that the Lafferty brothers didn't think they were guilty of a crime. Uh, and they certainly did not seem sorry. Yeah, which uh, falls in line with them being in line for a buffet because they didn't think they needed to hide. But yeah. they did They did think that they were guilty enough to leave the state. I was going to say, they fled. Yeah, so that's weird. Yep. So they did not deny killing their sister-in-law and their niece. Instead, Ron continued to claim he had received a revelation from God to, quote-unquote, remove Brenda and Erica, who had quote-unquote, become obstacles in his path. Ron claimed he received a revelation ordering him to murder his sister-in-law and niece and told his lawyer that he believed he was convicted of the crime, or excuse me, that he was charged with the crime because of a conspiracy between the state, the LDS church, and, quote, unseen spiritual forces, end quote, that included the dead father of the judge who was going to preside over the trial. Yeah, never my fault. Always everybody else's fault. Yeah, well, actually, it's funny you say that because weeks later told A&E True Crime, quote, the fact that he blamed it on God was kind of a cowardly thing to do, end quote. Yeah, no shit. Because didn't he do it in the name of God? Exactly. God told him. God damn it. I mean, Jesus. All right. God, will you tell me that I deserve a million dollars? Because apparently that's how this works. Yeah. Actually, could you make it two? Um so attorneys Michael Esplin and Gary Waite were appointed to serve as, quote, standby counsel for the brothers, and they represented them during their competency hearings. At the conclusion of the competency evaluations, Ron and Dan were supposed to be tried together, but at this point, nearly five months after their arrest and just days before the trial proceedings were set to begin on December 19, 29th, 1985, Ron tried to hang himself in his cell with a t-shirt he tied to a towel rack at the Utah County Jail. Not supposed to do that if you believe in God. Mm. Coward. Um, he stopped breathing. Not for that suicide is not a that suicide. Thing. Oh God! No! 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 Absolutely no. not. Thank you for thank you for catching because I wouldn't have even caught that. That's not what I meant. I'm so sorry. No, this um, guy specifically is, is a, a is a human coward. Piece of garbage. Yes. 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 Um, But yeah, so Ron stopped breathing for approximately 15 minutes before paramedics were successfully able to revive him. But he spent two days in a coma, which resulted, the whole thing resulted in severe injury and brain damage, causing Ron to be held at the Utah State Hospital for several months. So the judge ruled that he should undergo further psychiatric evaluations before going to trial. So only Dan's trial moved forward. And although he had access to standby counsel, Dan represented himself during the trial. That is like a true, like sociopathic, like tendency. That's like a fucking dumbass. I mean, we know that that's what uh, Ted Bundy did. And there's several other like high profile criminals that have decided to represent themselves because they need Dan wishes. They need to hear themselves speak and they need to be uh, in charge of absolutely everything. If that's the case, though, why did it only take him 13 minutes to attempt to make his case? Because he doesn't know how to be a lawyer. Yeah, because he's fucking stupid. Um, He said that he was fulfilling the quote unquote revelation Ron claimed to have received and call which called for, again, the quote unquote removal of Brenda, Erica and the two church leaders, Stowe and Lowe. 
And prosecutors argued to the jury that Ron used the, quote, revelation as an excuse and that the killings were revenge for encourage the encouragement Brenda gave to Diana as she divorced Ron. Dan calmly spoke about Erica's murder, which is fucking unreal. Yeah. And then after giving this testimony, he told the jury not to be afraid to give him the death penalty for his crimes. No, no, no. You're not getting off that easy. Trial lasted five days, and after nine hours of deliberations, the jury found him guilty of two counts of murder, but they could not come to an agreement of whether or not he should receive the death penalty. The vote mm. was split in a 10 to 2. It was split 10 to 2 in favor. Okay. So instead, Dan Lafferty was sentenced to two life sentences to be served concurrently at the state penitentiary without the possibility of parole. And during the sentencing hearing, Judge J. Robert Bullock said, quote, in my 12 years as a judge, I have never presided over a trial of such a cruel, heinous, pointless and senseless a crime as the murders of Brenda and Erica Lafferty, nor have I seen an accused who had so little remorse or feeling, end quote. Hmm. Esplin and Waite were like, hey, we're still here. So they appealed the case to the Utah Supreme Court, which upheld Dan's conviction. And the United States Supreme Court also rejected a further appeal. After Ron deemed was deemed fit to with enough to withstand trial, proceedings began in April 1985. He refused to allow his lawyers to argue that he was suffering from any mental illness at the time of the killings, which they wanted to do because they hoped it would result in a lesser conviction of manslaughter. And unlike with Dan, the jury at Ron's trial were in agreement over the punishment he should receive, and he was given the death penalty after being found guilty of the murders of Brenda and Erica Lafferty. Hmm. Ron requested to be killed with four shots to the heart by firing squad instead of receiving a lethal injection, which at the time was a choice given to death row inmates. Uh, Fun fact, Utah later changed this law, allowing firing squad executions only as backups if lethal injection drugs were not available. And the last time a firing squad was used for an execution in the United States was in 2010 when Ronnie Lee Gardner was executed in Utah for the 1984 murder of an attorney during a failed courthouse escape. Jesus, I can't believe that that has been used recently. That was in this millennium, baby. Millennium. Um, But yeah, so even still, Ron's lawyers had argued that he suffered from mental illness and that his death sentence was out of line given the life sentence Dan received. And the U.S. District Court for the District of Utah upheld the conviction. However... Because we've got to do this. In 1991, the 10th Circuit Court of Appeals overturned that lower court's verdict and reversed the conviction, finding that the state and the lower court judge failed to appropriately determine his mental competence at his trial in 1985. Three years later, a court found that Ron's competency was, quote unquote, restored. And in 1996, they had a new trial during which Dan testified that he committed both of the murders as, quote, a matter of business, end quote, and referred to Ron's revelations that he was, quote, the arm of God, while Ron was, quote, the voice of God. And Dan added, quote, I'm not ashamed of what happened, end quote. After a three week trial, Ron was once again found guilty and once again given the death penalty. However, Weeks, who was 
15 years old when her sister and her niece were murdered. Mm. Later said, quote, when I went through the whole retrial in 1996 and got to go through the whole court process, it was really amazing to see how it had nothing to do with religion. It has nothing to do with fundamentalism. It was a good old fashioned crime of passion, end quote. That's, yeah, she got in the way of his marriage and he didn't like that. She was a woman that spoke out. So yeah. she needed yeah. to be taken out. Yeah. So the Wrights did not attend Dan's trial or Ron's first trial because they were advised not to. They, they would just, just spare themselves the, yeah, the too, it's heartbreak. Too upsetting. Yes. But they did attend Ron's retrial in 1996. And Brenda's father, James, took issue with the defense claiming Ron was remorseful, telling the Desiree News, quote, if he wanted forgiveness, the first person he should have gone to was Alan. But he's had plenty of time to show remorse and there's been absolutely none, end quote. Yeah. After the second verdict, Brenda's mother, Larray, told Desiree, the Desiree News, quote, I think we can finally put this behind us and get on with our lives, end quote. However, James knew that it might take a while for Ron to exhaust his appeals because that's the right of every death row inmate in the U.S. that you can just have this long, arduous appeals process. But even James didn't expect it to be, quote, painful or a hardship on us at all, end quote. Um. As expected, Ron did indeed continue to partake of the process. The Utah Supreme Court declined to hear Ron's subsequent appeals, even when a psychiatrist testified in 2013 that Ron's brain being deprived of oxygen back when he tried to hang himself led to hallucinations and delusions that could have made him incompetent, that would have made him incompetent to stand trial decades earlier. On August 12th, 2019, the 10th Circuit Court of Appeals refused to hear Ron's case by a unanimous decision with Judge Mary Beck Briscoe writing, quote, Lafferty has failed to make this showing with respect to any of the four claims on which he seeks a COA, end quote. And mm -hmm. COA stands for Certificate, Certificate of Appealability. Mm -hmm. After spending 34 years on death row, Ron Lafferty died of natural causes at Utah State Prison on November 11th, 2019. He was mm. 78 years old. All right. Still firmly entrenched in the belief that he was protecting his family in 1984, he told Salt Lake City Weekly in 2014, quote, true fairness was served by the act, immaterial of who carried it out. I don't care if Santa Claus committed the act. Justice was served, end quote. So he died, presumably not remorseful. Lafferty, yeah, well, we'll see oh, what he got Lafferty. in the afterlife. Oh, I'm sure he's bunking with his mommy and the queen, too. Um, but yeah, so Dan Lafferty remains in prison, currently serving out those two concurrent life sentences in a maximum security unit at the Utah State Prison in Point, in Point of the Mountain, which he described as his, quote, monastery. Sure it is. And he's still not eligible for parole, bitch. Mm -hmm. But following Ron's death, Weeks told the Daily Herald that her family felt they hadn't gotten justice, rightfully so. Quote, finding out the death penalty isn't real. I would like to see the state provide justice. The death penalty is a lie. It is important for families, but impossible to get justice. It is extremely disappointing and angering knowing our state can't provide what they pronounced. We will never have an execution in the state of Utah. End quote. She also said that she believed that Dan and Ron truly were remorseful for their actions, citing a letter Dan wrote to her parents apologizing and the notion that although Ron was too narcissistic to show it publicly, she believed he privately felt remorse, citing his suicide attempt as an indication of his guilt. 
She also mm-hmm. said that witnessing Ron's declining health as he made the like appeal after appeal after appeal only solidified her stance against the death penalty, saying, quote, I was terrified that they would exec- really execute somebody. Would they really shoot someone in a wheelchair? End quote. I don't know. He stabbed a baby in her bed. So no, 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 no. Remember, Dan was the arm. Oh, yeah. Well, mm. oh. That was not the story that the other guy heard. He didn't heard have in the car. it in him. No, no, that was still the story. The the oh, guy okay. said that he killed Brenda. Um, but regardless, no, because remember, Ron didn't have it in him. Yeah. Um, maybe you shouldn't have fucking orchestrated it then. Yeah. Meanwhile, James told to KUTV that he felt it was better that Ron died in prison, saying, "Quote from the very beginning, we as a family turned that over to the Lord and the law." He he. he what he then went on to note he brought out um for this interview all of brenda's albums her scrapbook albums Mm -hmm. and he said quote she was quite a scrapbooker end Mm -hmm. quote and mcintyre his eldest daughter later said that not long after the murders um her mother their mother larue um laray and she went down to american fork to pick up brenda's things and when Jim started looking through the journals and the scrapbooks, she said, quote, that's when he fell apart. He just cried and cried. Reading what she wrote in her journals, my dad started thinking, why didn't I do something to save her? Why didn't I get her out of there? As her father, he thought she he should have been able to protect her somehow, but he couldn't, end quote. Hmm. Weeks who is now a vocal advocate against capital punishment. She lobbies against it. Um, Later told the Associated Press, quote, I don't want another human to suffer what I know will be their suffering. If a death sentence is given, it will start the process of their own personal hell, end quote. In 2016, Weeks began a dialogue with her state representative, Republican Congressman V. Lowry Snow, who ultimately sponsored HB 147, a bill that sought to outlaw the death penalty in Utah and add a possible sentence of 45 years to life for aggravated murder. And in February 2022, the measure failed in the State House Committee by a single vote. Mm. Following their deaths, Brenda and Erica were buried together at the Sunset Memorial Park Cemetery in Twin Falls, Idaho. Their joint gravestone features a depiction of the Salt Lake Temple and the words, quote, the life spent doing good and accomplishing goals will re- be remembered beyond the span of life itself, end quote. Mm-hmm. <sighs> um, okay. She was like the the face of the person that's doing good in religion. She was helping her community. She was helping her family. She was nice and sweet to everybody that she met and just an all around like good person. And her brothers-in-law were the exact opposite of that. Like even that she came in and I'm sure this was just as much for self-preservation, but like that she put her pride aside when Dan showed up and it was like, oh shit, like this it's it's game time. And she starts with, I'm so sorry for interviewing, interfering in family problems. Like, yeah. obviously, of course, it's to protect herself and her child, but that she still is not like, because I assure you that these men were so narcissistic that they never apologized for a damn thing in their lives. No, uh, it's 100% um, not. Like, just, she was clearly like a wonderful person. Yeah. Um, but now we're going to get into the pop culture side of things. Okay. And so 
the investigation discovery show American Monster covers this case. Um, it's the fifth episode of season three titled Band of Brothers, which premiered on August 12th, 2018. Uh, it has an eight out of 10 on IMDb. You can watch it on Discovery Plus, Fubo TV, or any streaming service like Hulu or Amazon Prime Video where you can get Discovery Plus as an add-on. Mm-hmm. And now let's talk about John Krakauer. Uh, okay. He wrote a book in 2003 titled Under the Banner of Heaven, A Violent Story of Faith. Oh. It is primarily based on interviews with Dan Lafferty. Okay. And it uncovered a lot of like what went down. Okay. In this case. Um, yeah, I he have went heard of this super book. in depth. Yeah. Yeah. See, now you know Under the this Banner the, of Heaven. This is the, the show with yes. the, the Brit. Yes. Yeah. Andrew Garfield put That's some him. respect on his name. Ooh. Jonathan Larson. Jonathan Larson and although Captain America will always have everybody's heart, I mean, arguably, Andrew Garfield is also America's ass. Um, Oh, that man. But yeah, the book has a four out of five on Goodreads with over 185,000 ratings. And the synopsis, according to Goodreads, is, quote, John Krakauer's literary reputation rests on insightful chronicles of lives conducted at the outer limits. He now shifts his focus from extremes of physical adventure to extremes of religious belief within our own borders, taking readers inside isolated American communities where some 40,000 Mormon fundamentalists still practice polygamy. Defying both civil authorities and the Mormon establishment in Salt Lake City, the renegade leaders of these Taliban-like theocracies are zealots who only answer to God. At the core of Krakauer's book are brothers Ron and Dan Lafferty, who insist they received a commandment from God to kill a blameless woman and her baby girl. Beginning with a meticulously researched account of this appalling double murder, Krakauer constructs a multi-layered, bone-chilling narrative of messianic delusion, polygamy, savage violence, and unyielding faith. Along the way, he uncovers a shadowy offshoot of America's fastest growing religion and raises provocative questions about the nature of religious belief, end quote. So Mm. if you want to read it, head on over to Thrift Books, go to your local bookstore. Do not go to Amazon unless you absolutely cannot find like, you know what I mean? Like if you if you need Amazon, you you use Amazon. But otherwise, babies. Um, And then finally, we will get to the the big ass tv series elephant in the room which is under the banner of heaven which premiered on fx on hulu on april 28 2022 it's based on crack hours book mm-hmm. and the miniseries as you as you so aptly said stars andrew garfield as the fictional detective jeb pyre and daisy edgar jones from normal people as brenda lafferty and ron and dan lafferty are played by sam worthington and wyatt russell respectively And according to FX, the series focuses on Pyre, quote, a devout detective and, quote, elder in the church, whose, quote, faith is tested as he investigates a brutal murder that seems to be connected to an esteemed Utah family's spiral into LDS fundamentalism and their distrust in the government, end quote. Mm. The series does take some creative liberties, such as the incorporation of Detective um, Pyre and his partner, Bill Taba, who they're not real people they're inspired by real life authorities who worked on the case and also crack hour but they're not real um and the identities of some of the members of the lafferty family were changed in an effort to like expand their characters and make them more connected to the overall story arc okay um or as another example the series takes place in the fictional town of rockwell as opposed to american fork utah okay and 
a lot of these creative liberties taken aren't approved of by Brenda's yeah, family. Seems a little sketch. Yeah, Brenda's. Uh, so Weeks does not like the series. Um, well, I shouldn't say that. Weeks did not approve of the series. She I, told. Oh, go ahead. I can understand inventing uh, a, a character, a central character to kind of base your story around and have that central character as like the yeah. detective kind of like go around and, and piece all these little things together. Yeah. I mean, it, it could have been a writer. It could have been uh, the guy that wrote Crack the book. Hour. Yeah. yeah. It could have been Krakauer himself. You could have had him come in and be the character and have his writing of the book be kind of the story, but whatever. Right. Um, but yeah, I think like taking so many liberties, especially with the family is a little weird. Yeah. I mean, I can kind of, I'm not saying that I approve of it, but I can understand it from a from a perspective of like, okay, there's a fuck ton of Lafferty siblings and like some of them said this and some of them said that. It makes sense that they'd want to like condense it and be like, okay, this one family member, we're going to have them say all of these things and we're going to have this one say all of those things. I guess. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I can understand. That's That's not exactly the issue that Weeks takes with it. Um, she told the Desiree News, quote, I felt a heavy feeling that my sister was going to be murdered all over again on Tuesday, April 28th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, end quote. Mm. And she called the series, quote, absolute fiction, end quote, saying, quote, I'm frustrated with how it leads people. It doesn't lead people to the truth or the reality of what happened, end quote. Weeks also said that the series infers that the church, quote, creates violent people, end quote. And she told the outlet, quote, there are extreme people in every aspect of every situation. Religion had nothing to do with the reason Brenda and Erica were murdered. I guess you have to go through court process and listen to the prosecutor tell the story about why it wasn't a religious killing, why Ron Lafferty was not incompetent, and how the crimes were determined to be a crime of passion, murders of revenge, and it had nothing to do with religion, end quote. Hmm. However, she also said that she harbors no ill will against the series writer and creator, Dustin Lance Black, who wrote and produced the HBO series Big Love, which is about a polygamist family in Utah. And he has been very vocal about his negative experiences being raised in the Mormon faith as a child. Um, and we've actually talked about him before, if his name sounds familiar, because he won the Academy Award for Best Original Screenplay for the biopic Milk about oh, yeah. Harvey Milk. He's he's and he's also Tom Daly's husband. Like I love them as a couple. I love them separately. Mm -hmm. um, but in a statement shared via FX's press release on the series when it was announced, Black had expressed his excitement about the project, saying, quote, after so many years of work, I'm incredibly grateful to Imagine and FX for their patience with and commitment to bringing this story to the screen. Raised in the LDS faith, my hope is that these, this true crime thriller might shed light on the horrific brutalities perpetrated in the name of God in our own backyards, end quote. Mm. So even it sounds like he wasn't saying that, like, like, it's like what we were saying before, that people just use religion as an excuse. Yeah. To to do what they want, to get what they want. Mm -hmm. um, but Weeks told the Desiree News she didn't want to, quote, diminish anybody's suffering or experience, end quote, with the church, saying, quote, it's his truth and he wants that to be shown, end quote. The miniseries has a seven and a half out of 10 on IMDb with over 21,000 ratings, Mm. And an 80% Google score and an 86% tomato meter rating with a 79% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes with the critics consensus quote, 
as Detective Jeb Pyre investigates the murder of Brenda Wright Lafferty and her baby daughter in a Salt Lake Valley, Utah suburb, he uncovers buried truths about the origins of the LDS religion and the violent consequences of unyielding faith, end quote. And as I suggested before, you can watch it on Hulu or anywhere that you get a Hulu as an add-on. Get a mm-hmm. Hulu. Um, get a Hulu. Get a Hulu. Um but yes, that is the story of Brenda and Erica Lafferty. Um, Camilla reached out to us about this before Under the Banner of Heaven came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, I appreciate her putting that on our radar. Yeah. Um, and uh, without getting into too much detail, uh, part of her connection is that she has, one of her siblings had a friend who was murdered because of the LDS faith. Wow. Um, and so there are these two people, uh, Benjamin and Christy Strack, who killed their children and themselves. And Dan Lafferty is said to have been the one who influenced the pair. Wow. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Dan believes to be the prophet Elijah and claimed that he and Christy fell in love and that it was his philosophy that led to their deaths he claimed responsibility for the deaths Hmm. um and christy was very interested in the book under the banner of heaven by krakauer and she had a dream this is according to dan obviously but she had a dream about him while reading the book and eventually reached out to him and they became friends and then they became like more than friends and her husband ben did not know that she was or i mean that he did know that she was in love with him he did not care Mm. uh dan cut his hair off and sent it to the family as like a Mm. a thing or whatever but yeah um the family it was a it was christy and and um benjamin and their three kids and they were found dead in 2014 i believe Mm. um and so yeah it's horrible yeah horrible and i don't know i don't know i don't know why these people you don't gotta take religion that far no it doesn't like it doesn't end well has it has it ever ended well for anybody that said that like i don't know no but i mean something that i'm trying to keep in mind that doesn't really help necessarily fix the problem but if you're looking for a source of comfort think of all the shitty things that have happened in 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 the world and that are happening in the world that such positive beautiful people that that could diminish their positivity and their light Mm. and everything that brenda and erica did not have to see and experience this the the world that they knew it was pretty good yeah and They they had two crazy fucking they had several crazy fucking in laws yeah but in general the world was good for them when they lived in it and at at the very least at least they had that yeah but it's a it's not a, it's never a fun case when when there's no. a kid involved when there's any of this but yeah we gotta stop doing the kid ones we gotta every time we say it but we're gonna do it again aren't we yeah. Yeah, but but um, take yeah. us home, Hale. 
All right. Well, <laughs> we got. It's just weird to do the plugs after. Yeah, this. I know. I know. It fucking sucks. It's, it's a huge bummer. There's. I'm gonna literally just. We're doing go. a Patreon pick for next episode, so maybe it'll be lighter. I believe it is. I think we already know yes. what topic we're covering. Yes. Actually. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, you guys okay. will understand why we're laughing in a week. Um, yeah. You gotta wait for it. Unless. Um, you Unless sign up for our Patreon. And yeah, you, if you, you're part of our Patreon. You get episodes early. Mm-hmm. So uh, you're listening to this early. Thanks for joining the Patreon if you mm-hmm. are listening to this early. Um, but yeah, you can join our Patreon for as little as a dollar, as much whatever you want. And like I said, you get episodes early. You can get a postcard from us. You can get um, like live chats with us and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, that's over on the Patreon. We also have a website, which is crimeculturepodcast.tumblr.com. And you can find the links to all of our social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And I think... I think we're done. I think that's it. I guess we're done. We I talked, mean, if you say we're done. We talked about Secret Satan at the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, Secret Satan's um, signups are closed. Um, you should have gotten everyone. I sent out all the emails. So everyone should have gotten who their victim is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, if you didn't and you signed up, let me know. We'll work it out. Um that's you can email us crimeculturepod at gmail.com that's the email address that anyone can send shit to um and with that we are going to see you next tuesday bye bye